Welcome to the Mind Your Leadership Podcast. I'm Karen Soup. In this podcast, I will have conversations with thought leaders, CEOs, and managers from various organizations about leading mindfully. We will learn from experienced leaders how they implement mindful leadership in the day-to-day organizational culture, and we will gain tools and skills. So stay with us. Hello, I'm happy to be today with Mark Reifenrent. Mark is the CEO and a co-founder of Spintech, a full-service digital marketing agency with 150 team members across the U.S. In that capacity, he understands firsthand how critical a company's culture is to achieving and maintaining success. Mark has helped Spintech grow from a colleague startup to one of the premier full-service digital marketing agencies in the country. The secret ingredient, company values that are truly lived, including a commitment to get better every day. Mark would be the first to tell you that Spintech would not be what it is today without a team of people who are invested in each other's growth and success as they are in delivering the best for the clients. Outside of growing his team and working with clients, Mark enjoys family time, golfing, and traveling in that order. So today will be a really interesting conversation and I'm really looking forward to learning from Mark first and how to create a culture that enables engagement in the workplace and enabling for people to show up fully and be creative and innovative. So stay with us. Mark, thank you for joining us. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. I'm sorry for not pronouncing your surname great. So if you want to say it again, please, please <laughs> it's do. It's a hard one. It's a hard one. I know. Mark Reifenrath. Great. So without further ado, <laughs> <laughs> can you please share with us a defining moment that you had in your personal life that impact your path and growth? Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's, there's been a a few, but uh, I would say if I were to pin on one, maybe earlier in my career, not that long ago, but a little bit earlier. So 2008, I live in a town that uh, experienced an EF5 tornado and EF5 is the strongest category of tornadoes in the Midwest. These are not even that level would be very uncommon, but uh, my wife and I, this was before kids, you know, we were in the basement of our house and the house was completely lost. And it was a nice reset um, in some regards personally, to just think about what would have people thought about me if I had died? What would have been the words that came out of their mouth? What would they be remembering me about? And one of the things I thought about was I didn't want them to just remember me as Mark and Spinutech. I wanted them to remember Mark Reifenrath, the human, the, the way that I made them feel, the way that I helped them. And so I think that actually shapes a lot of my leadership style now as well. I may be a little bit more compassionate, more empathetic, um, understanding in these weird situations. We all have storms in life. And some are more severe than others. Some are visible, some are not. And so you just never know what somebody's going through. And and so I think it helped give me perspective on having an understanding, just being a little bit more empathetic in those and also how I wanted to be remembered. Wow. I love this story because, you know, it's a, a moment that you gather yourself and say, okay, what's really important in life, right? So mm-hmm. definitely it comes to you that not always, sometimes we need to be on the edge to get to this understanding, yes. yeah, this is the amazing part. But when we capture it, it's really life-changing moment because 
you embrace a new understanding on perspective. So thank you. I love the story. And you know, I saw on your website that there's an anecdote also with Barack Obama. Can you care to share with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but I would love to hear it. Yeah, so he came to Cedar Falls, uh, which is where we started in, in Iowa, a town of about 30,000 people, roughly. It's in a larger area, with probably about 125,000 people. But Cedar Falls has a municipality, CFU, Cedar Falls Utilities, that was at the time one of only like five or fewer uh, gigabit cities for internet service providers. And so he was coming to kind of promote people to do more of that across the U.S. Mm -hmm. I got invited to introduce him. And so I got to meet him beforehand and introduce him. It was a pretty amazing experience. You know, forget about political beliefs, you know, whether whatever side you're on, I think I'm a big believer of respect the office. And if you have an opportunity like that, that's just a cool opportunity. And it was, it was, uh, I think I blacked out during the speech. I don't really remember a lot of the actual speech. I remember at one point looking up and there was about 50 cameras on the back wall. And I think I had a little bit of a, a mind blank where I kind of paused, but, uh, it was just a really neat experience. And, and I'll say there was one funny little part and I actually have a picture of my wallet right to my right here of it. When I was walking out the stage, he said, Hey, thank you very much. And I shook his hand and I patted him on the back and said, go get him." And I don't know why I said that. That was a very odd thing to say. I mean, he's one of the you know best speakers of all times, I think. And for me to say, go get him," like he needed that encouragement from me, <laughs> but uh, that's what I said. And so then I walked off and the secret service guy on the the end of the stage, I just said to him, I said, did I say words when I was up there? And he goes, yeah. Did I say what I was supposed to? He goes, I think so. And I was like, okay, good. <laughs> so it's a really neat yeah. experience for sure. Wow. It sounds like a great experience. And you know, I love it because yes, being a human, it's a seeing eye to eye. I love it that you dare to show up fully and say what was on your heart and yes. encouraging. So I really love it. And I'm sure it was also appreciated of it. And you know, it uh, resonates within me that feels like this moment in life that you are present and you outside of like kind of your body, you don't believe that you're here, right? It's like, yes. am I really here? What is happening? It's really real. So it sounds like you really empower this moment, you know. For sure, for sure. Something I'm excited to tell my kids about when they're old enough to appreciate how powerful that seat or that role is in the world that, that I was able to meet the sitting president and have a conversation with them. Wow, really amazing. So I wanted to start a conversation and ask you, I know that you believe that people is a competitive advantage, improve employees' retention and turnover. You really believe in, in your employees. So I'll be happy to hear, as I told you at the beginning, I feel like preaching to the choir, but that's great. I'm sure I will learn something new from you as well. Uh, I'd be happy to hear your perspective and how do you implement it in the day-to-day as the CEO of the company? Mm. One thing is we call everybody that works here a team member. Uh, I think words matter. And so employees are people that go to work to check boxes and check clocks. Team members want to be part of something bigger than themselves and do great work with others. So it's a simple thing that we kind of set from day one as how is like the language that's acceptable here. And it's it's trying to set this tone of we want to be more respectful of, of who you are and what you provide to the company. The other thing I think is, you know, for our industry, we, we're a digital advertising agency. We do lots of lead gen for our clients. Our biggest asset, we don't have tools and machining and manufacturing stuff or a bunch of real estate that we have to maintain. It's our people, it's our human capital. And so we really want to invest in our biggest asset and that's the team. And so the training opportunities that we provide them, the the well-being holistically, I think the way we led before uh, the pandemic versus the way we led during it versus how we have to lead now is very different. Mm-hmm. Team members' needs have changed we have to lead them as a holistic person, meaning sometimes I'm going to help, have to help them through a personal situation. 
we are virtually remote at this point. We have, we have three offices. Now we went from five to three because most of our team is working remote. We've, we're meeting them where they want to work. And so this is an evolution of how we need to meet the people, you know, 2000, when we started, how we worked to 2023, very, very different. And so these are all examples of how we've cared for the team and, and meeting them to where they want to work, how they want to work, as long as we're still producing the great work. Mm-hmm. Now, the culture and the core values, there are some non-negotiables in how you think about those things. So when we hire an interview, it is a lengthy process, probably a little tedious. It's, it's probably a little brutal, honestly, for the person on the other side of it, but it's very intentional. So when they make it through, they should be very proud that they made it through because we don't just let anybody in, in here because mm-hmm. we want to protect the core values we have. We want to protect the culture that we have. We just want the best person for the job as long as they match up with our culture and core values. And so starting on day one, that's the start of their 100 day journey. We have a nice 100 day onboarding program. It's very, very intentional. Honestly, it starts before they start. They're going to get all their equipment, some swag before day one. So they're ready to go. They'll have already had all the HR paperwork and everything. And they've got a schedule and a calendar for that first 100 days, including on hopefully day one, I'm able to sit with them for an hour virtually and do a cultural and core values onboarding or overview. And so I heard something many years ago that really stuck with me. It's if it's important to you, it should come from you. And so the core values and culture are very important to me. So I want them to hear it from my mouth, my passion when I talk about these things. And it, it sparks out a really good conversation, kind of sets that tone appropriately. Wow. I really love a lot of things that you say. Let's unfold some of them. So first of all, I'm curious to hear what are your core values that you're... Yeah. So I say this a lot, but you know, I'm big on setting goals and getting better. And so our first core value is we get better every day. And that's just the the tone to really, are you taking steps forward or are you doing, treading water isn't good either. So second one is we do the right thing, even when nobody's looking, uh, even when it's the hard, do the right thing when it's the hard thing. We over me, that's my personal favorite one. It's That's back to that team member uh, mentality and we get it done. And so they're, they're very simple, but uh, they're four core values. You know, they've always been there in the, our 23 years of existence, but they've just gotten, I would say louder and then more succinct in the way that we say them. And I want to touch upon the first one. You say we're continuing growing and evolving. Yep. What do you do in order to enable your team members? Ah, nice. I implemented your value. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we have something we call GB8 and that's your get better eight. So we, you know, we're billable by our hours. And so one thing that we do that's a little bit unique is we allocate our strategists, our billable team members to 34 hours of billable time a week, that leaves six hours in a week though for internal meetings. And then there's two of those six hours though, that we really want you to be investing in your self-development, your personal growth. And so that's about $15,000 a year on time value. Plus then we invest obviously a lot of money in training resources for our team members as well. Each team member though, needs to think about this differently. It's not a peanut butter spread. This is what we're going to do for the whole company. This is there may be some themes. Sure. We need to get better at presentation. So there might be a bunch of people that do that, but there might be some very specific things that Karen needs to work on, that Mark needs to work on. And so I always encourage people to work with your leader, your coach to be very honest with yourself and write down the areas you need to improve upon and then measure that over the course of the year and make sure that the self-development, those GB8 hours that you're using, really get intentional about how you're using those and then share your knowledge. Is there something you've learned that you could share with your direct team adjacent teams that are just going to make us all holistically better. If you think about the compounding interest effect of growth across, we're about 165, 170 people, man, 0.01% every day, every month, 
every year times that many people is really, really powerful. And what does the market want? What, do, what does every, well, engaged team member want? They want to grow. They want to know that they're furthering themselves. And I would even say, you know, whether you're here a day, a year, 10 years, whatever, I want you to grow as a human. I want you to be better professionally, but also personally. And so that's just a nice tone to set with people of what we want to do. And then we also say like, if you think you can jump this high, I want to make you jump this high. We really want to push people outside of their comfort zones for growth because growth is hard. Change is hard, but we're in a changing industry in digital marketing. And so we have to constantly be staying on top of it and pushing ourselves to uh, grow and get better. I really love it. And, you know, it resonates within me in, in few areas. First of all, you really seeing the person and you really want to enable them to grow and evolve. You know, in my perspective, there's a tensions and we always as leaders hold intention, right? Between the long term and the short term, between the employee needs and the company's need, between the quality and the speed. And I really love it because it feels like you're really holding the tensions. On one hand, you're seeing the, the demanding part that you need to be assertive and demanding and to push them out of the comfort zone. On the other hand, you're there for them emotionally and you're seeing what they need and helping them to evolve. So it's amazing because usually we, I think the conflicts among managers is, okay, if I'll be now, we'll talk the touchy feelings and we'll be really emotional. I won't be able to be demanding and assertive. And at the end of the day, it's a company. So what should I do? I love it because it's being able to hold these tensions and knowing when to put boundaries and when to push the person forward. And another thing I really love, and this resonates with my perspective of mindful leadership, is your broad perspective because you're really holding the tension between the short term and the long term. And you're saying, okay, even if in one year, he won't be here with me, but I want to invest in him. It's not, okay, I invest in him because I will see exactly the ROI. No, I believe that it will resonate great in the world, even if he won't be in my company. Maybe I'm putting your words in your mouth. I don't know, but this is what no, I do. I will say that. Absolutely. I mean, I think the last few years have been very interesting with the great resignation, whatever we want to call it. There's been a lot of change. Mm -hmm. We weathered that better than most. Pre-pandemic, we were sub 5% turnover. It went up a little over 10%, maybe as high as 14% during that. Very uncomfortable for us. But in our industry, normal times is 20%. What I've learned is sometimes you have to celebrate when people are moving on. A lot of times it's good for them too. You know, as we've grown, I've realized this, that some team members, they're built for certain stages of our company. And instead of fighting that, we can celebrate it and say, wow, look at how much you grew in your time here. And you now with that growth are able to go and take on this role, which for you is maybe what you want at your life stage. It's a better fit for your skill set, whatever. So it can be a win-win and we can celebrate it and we can have boomerangs too. So it's not a you know goodbye forever. It's a goodbye for now. And maybe they go and learn a new skill that when they would maybe want to come back could be a good thing. And so I just think at least in the US, the way that society has viewed turnover has been so negative. Mm -hmm. And I don't get all the calls, but there's, you know, people I'm pretty personally connected to that when they leave, they feel obligated to call me, which I greatly appreciate and respect. And, and the first thing I tell them is, yeah, I know they're very nervous to tell me. It's like, hey, great for you. Let's celebrate this. Let's, let's take a moment and don't, don't stress yourself out. Like, you know, we're not saving lives with what we do. So let's just calm down and celebrate. Like, and I always try to say like, hey, remember your first day here. I want you to put yourself back in that mindset. Think about what you knew, you know, what you knew then versus what you do now. It's pretty powerful and awesome to think about that. And I want them to understand the journey they've been on too, to see their own growth. Cause it's so easy to 
forget, you know, where you came from, where you started in the beginning of your career to where you're at now, whether that was with us or anybody else, just helping them understand that growth. And then I always like to say like, don't quit though. Don't stop that growth. Keep pushing yourself because I don't, I don't know what the culture you're going into is, but I, I know we've hopefully set that tone of how you should attack every day and get better. And that's going to be a good thing for you holistically, no matter what. Wow. Great for you. I, I know the theory, but I don't meet so much people that really believe and <laughs> feel that walk the talk. And that's amazing because I think this is the new perspective and paradigm that we need to adopt nowadays because we don't have control of different things and people are evolving and not always it's in alignment with a company. And that's good because when you enable your team members to continue on without controlling them and taking it personally, you're also creating space in your company to find the right person for you, the, the job, right? And then there's an alignment yeah. and it's a win-win. Well, let me give you a real, real example. So my next call right after we get done recording this is with a former team member at her new, new role about doing some work with us. So let's play out the scenario where I react negatively or I'm upset about somebody leaving. And it's like, well, I'm not going to talk to them anymore. I'm not going to celebrate the things they've done for us and respect that. It ends very differently, right? Like I'm not going to have that call or this opportunity. So, you know, there's one of my favorite books is The Go-Giver. And it's all about this, you know, you give, give, give without any intentions of receiving anything back. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple philosophy. And so I also think it's a human philosophy of like, why would we not try to cheer others on? Why would we not try to be supportive? It may not be the best thing for me as a business owner for spinning tech, but it doesn't mean that it isn't what's best for them. And, and I can't fault them for that. And so, you know, they might know somebody that could be a good team member down the road. They might be a good potential client. They might refer somebody that would want to work with us because they know the great work that we do. So why burn bridges? Why make it more complicated than it needs to be? It's, you know, listen, I understand you've made the decision to no longer be a part of this team. That's okay. Let's celebrate what you've done here and your growth and wish you best of luck in the future. Here's a thing I love to say. I'm going to be your biggest fan. You ever need anything, you let me know. If you need connections, listen, I'm still an open book and open door for you as much as I can be. Wow. It's really awesome. Look, I, I really connect to your perspective, but really, I don't know too much people that really embrace it. <laughs> Yes, it's amazing. And, and, you know, I think it's being as a servant, you see the interest of the other, your team members, your employees, your clients. But I really believe that at the end of the day, it comes back to you because, you know, you can call it karma, you can call it whatever, but it's a good energy that goes forward. And you, you see other people say so they want to, to be with you. It's like a magnet, right? They want to work with you. They want to do good for you and they appreciate your work. So I think in the long term, that's right, you know, there's a saying goes that give in order to give, not to think what you get back. And you know, in the business world, it doesn't resonate so well because it's a business, right? We need to think in our eye, but in the long term and not always in the long term, it, it gives you back and it's created a good reputation for your company and people want to come to work with you. So I really, really appreciate it. And another thing, I think it's really difficult for people to let go of people because they take it personally, right? Because it sits on the neglection that we had from our first boyfriend, right? Or girlfriend. So <laughs> we get emotional there and they say, why? Well, it doesn't want me anymore. So it's our ego. This is why I'm so appreciative of your, your talk, but I see it's beyond the talk. I see you embody it. And it's not working out of ego. It's working out of, you know, the bigger picture, as you said, being able to see beyond myself and beyond my wounds, because each and every one of us has wounds. But as we heal them, we can act from a broader perspective and a broader place. What do you think about? I think you said a, a key word in there that I think is ego. So we all have one. It's just how do we use it and how do we portray it and how do we let it rear its head? So 
there's certain situations where you maybe use it in different ways. But I think one of the things we like to say is, you know, we need to check our egos at the door, the bad part of our ego. Like it's not, you know, we're team players. We're it's we over me. Ego doesn't allow you to be we over me. Ego is I want to climb the ladder. I'm going to push people out of the way for me to advance my career or my agenda. So as a leader, though, we have to also think about our ego. Most business owners, we have an ego that's probably bigger than most. But how do you harness that for the positive as opposed to, you know, making it come across as being all the things that people a lot of times associate with business owners or, or leaders? And so being a human, being vulnerable is super important in these leadership moments because they're expecting something different than what I'm doing because that's what they've been trained by society, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. But I hopefully I'm setting an example when they are in leadership to lead that way because Leaders, I think leadership today is harder than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to get easier. And this goes back to that leading the whole person. But the ego with a leader is a really big part of that. that I'll just pin on that from what you said. So I want to continue on what you said about, I also saw your website and I really like the benefits that you give your employees in order to help them bring a complete self to the workplace. So if you can touch upon some of them, because I really want our listeners to embrace some of them, if it's okay yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, we already talked about the one, the the GB8, so the the self-development hours, which a lot of people promote, but it's hard to actually justify or or explain what it is that actually materializes into. Um, Another one that I'm really proud of is our VTO hours. So it's our volunteer time off. So each team member gets eight hours a year. We actually encourage that to be done in teams. So we have an office in Tampa, Florida. A team will go out typically a couple times a year and walk the beach and clean it up. And they'll do that in groups of, you know, four to eight to 12 and they have fun. They're bonding. They're learning deeper connections with each other and who they are, which is really the point. We've gone to zoos and helped clean up <laughs> giraffe poop and, you know, Habitat for Humanity, food banks. It's, it's all great stuff. So I'm big on we need to give back to the communities of which we live, work and play in. And those are easy ways to do that. We just rolled out. And this is something I'm really proud of. Two floating holidays. So, you know, DEI is a big conversation. It has been for the past three years. A lot of companies have come out and said, okay, we're going to recognize these holidays or days mm-hmm. very specifically. In my opinion, it would be you're instantly alienating somebody. If you want to recognize all of them, that's a lot of days. Mm-hmm. So we're saying, here's two days to you, Karen. What's important to you? What do you celebrate that we're not recognizing as a company? We're not saying, no, you can't. We're saying you pick them because we want you to be comfortable celebrating what's important to you. So we like to say that we're accepting of, you know, all individuals. We just want to hire the best person. And these floating holidays are a way to, in my opinion, very flexibly offer to meet the person where they're at and with their beliefs and their backgrounds. I, I think that's a big miss by a lot of companies. So I'm really proud of how our leadership team came to delivering that. And of course, we have, you know, all the regular stuff. One that I think is a little bit unique. Some people do it, but flex time. So instead of having to take, you know, a few hours to go pick up a kid or go to a doctor's appointment, dentist appointment, whatever, flex two hours a week and just make it up in that same week. And we're not going to ding you on your PTO. So you can save a lot of paid time off or uh, vacation time by just flexing that time. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't care as much when you work, as long as you get your stuff done, we have some core hours, but you know, just get your stuff done uh, with GSD is a very common saying, you know, get stuff done. We might say that a little differently, but uh, <laughs> with a different word for the S, but you know, get stuff done and nobody's going to have a problem with that. Uh, results are always going to ring very loudly. And then I think, you know, we try to have, I don't know if I could call it a benefit, but to me it is 
it's just, we have a lot of smart humans and a lot of kind humans and a lot of fun humans that, you know, we can, I, I hate the saying, oh, we work hard and we play hard. I think that's very old and outdated. I like to say we work hard and play hard all as one. It's one thing. We can have fun while doing great work. We can have fun in stressful moments to reduce the stress and actually produce greater and better work because we're not stressed. So I would say just culture. What's interesting is when I say some of these things in the interview process, people tell me later, hey, I didn't really believe the whole team when they said all these things. It took me a while before it all clicked, but when it clicks, oh man, it's awesome. I really do believe it. And I'm, I'm a promoter now. I'm, as I like to say, a defender of the culture. Uh-huh. Wow. So first of all, I understand why the process of recruiting is so long, it takes you so long because you really want to see that a person is in alignment with your core values, right? With the culture, with the people. Otherwise, it won't work because they really need to be connected to something bigger than themselves and also to their ego in the sense that we learn it. Another thing that I love that you said, I really love the eight hours giving them to volunteer. And you know, when I did my PhD, I interviewed people from the company and they, they told me, you know, the fact that the company invests in volunteering and something higher than ourselves, it make us feel great and want to be part of this company. And I love it because you're really connecting and engaging the team members through these activities and enable them to do good in the world through their workplace because they don't have so much time outside the workplace. So I really love it. And another thing that you said that you also do it in a fun way and creating connection. And, you know, so it's a win-win also investing and in doing good in the world and also connecting in a deeper way between the employees and the team members and it's created a connection and, a, and compassion and wanting to work together. So I, I love it. It has so much ramification and implication of doing good in the world, but it also do good in the company. So, you know, it's also resonate at the end of the day for your company and to bring the right people because people want to be part of these companies, right? They feel the fun um, culture, feel the um, connection, they feel that they are seen. And at the end of the day, we want to be seen as human beings. And I really, really appreciate it. And another thing that you say, you didn't say the word, but I heard it between the lines, the ability to give people to, to manage themselves based on trust, right? You really create trust in the workplace. And through the trust, you enable them to manage their time and not pick their hours. So you say, okay, manage yourself, show me the results. I won't tell you how to do stuff and look at your hours because I believe in you. So the saying we have here is manage your own desk. So we're not micromanagers, you manage your own desk. And, and that's a little bit different in, in a remote environment in, in that sense, but it still has, has the same meaning. And yeah, we want to hire responsible adults that are professionals and we should be able to trust them to, to get stuff done. Accountability is, a, is a, a definitely a theme throughout all of our core values. And, and when we talk about that here, it's we don't want to, as leaders, have to be the only ones holding each other accountable. It should be a culture of accountability, meaning, you know, if, if I'm in a meeting with you and I see something that there's an opportunity for improvement, I should come to you and, and you should be comfortable with me coming to you. You should give me permission. I've given my whole team permission to give me feedback. I want them to know it's at any time you can give me feedback. I, I need to hear it. I want to hear it. And I want others to give permission. But I was, hey, Karen, in that meeting, when the client, da, 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 and then you did, da, 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 da. I see an opportunity to get a little bit better. And I just want you to know, I'm coming from this place. I'm not attacking you. I'm just really trying to help you get better. And so attack the problem, not the person. And, you know, if we have this agreement that we're willing to make each other better, that's really healthy for us. And who wouldn't want to know that to get better? I'm sure there are people that wouldn't, but 
As Spinu Tech, we want to have only people on the team that want that feedback, that want to get better and push each other. And we want people that are willing to give that feedback, knowing that they're pushing the teammates around them. We're only as good as our weakest link, right? So if we're all rising, all boats or ships rise with the tide, we want that mentality with how we improve and, and push ourselves as well. So first of all, it's leading by example, because you invited people to give you feedback, not to everybody can handle the feedback. They take it personally, as we talked about ego, so they don't listen and people don't show up fully and say what they have. So I think it starts with you, that you enable it and feel comfortable with it. So this is amazing. And, you know, I think, yes, it's the ability. I think communication, it's the key nowadays to create trust and engage people because it's not easy for us to create difficult conversations and to give the feedback. But if we learn to do it and do it out of respect so we can take it forward and use it really to improve and grow. So this yeah. is a challenging company. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, d- difficult conversations. I was just having this conversation last week with a team member. I was like, you know, I feel like we never have to get to that point of having a difficult conversation because we're communicating constantly. Mm. We're talking about things. And so if you're coaching and you see mistakes happening, but you don't address it, now it's on you as a leader. You've probably inadvertently given permission to keep doing that behavior. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just addressing it right away. Hey, Karen, in that meeting, I'd like you to say it this way. And, and here's why, you know, I think the client hears it this way. And, and I know that's not what you're intending, but that's the way that it can come across. So, you know, I just wanted you to hear that from me before, you know, you go forward. And then when I receive that, let's, let's not, you know, necessarily react right away. Big emotions can happen. Let's maybe save those for the right time. Oftentimes when you give feedback to people, they're very self-aware. And it's like, man, yeah, that did sting that you told me that like as a human, like my ego is hurt a little bit, but you're right. And I do need to get better at that. And would you be willing to help like call me out on that? If I, if you see it again in the future, like, you know, could you help coach me on that or whatever? If we're all willing to help and provide that feedback constantly, it becomes less of a a sticky, you know, hard thing to do. And, And also like good leaders become comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Like most situations as leaders, on some level are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But if we if we just get comfortable with that, it's no longer uncomfortable for us, right? So uh, that's a, a tough lesson to learn as a young leader because it does feel personal. It does feel like, oh, they don't hear me. They're not listening. But we just got to go to the danger, attack the problem, not the person, and hopefully so get better from it. That's great because you need also to, and this, I feel like a close the conversation in the sense that it's being able to show up fully and mm. also to be vulnerable and to be mindful and to dare to speak and say, okay, I see that you, your intention are those. This is how it resonated. Let's trigger it. But you're reacting to what's in the moment and not holding it in your mind and in your body and then getting angry and confused. And then at the end of the day, creating suffer by exploding on this person. So this is for me a mindful leader because it's the ability to react to what's happening in this moment to dare to show up fully. And it sounds that by the culture that you create, you create an environment that people feel safe. Mm-hmm. Maybe something it's uncomfortable. It's okay. For sure, I was. I wanted to be successful and to be hundred percent great. But in the moment, it's not feeling so great. But I can embrace it and I can understand it for the better good and work with it. So I think if I need to conclude what you say, I think you create a company that people feel comfortable to show up fully, and this is amazing. And to communicate and not get to the point that. The emotions manage us, but we are managing the situation, the emotions, and the relationship. And this is a key. 
So Mark, I'm really impressed by our conversation and mainly by you. I'd be happy to ask you before we need to wrap up if there's any question that I didn't ask you and you want to share with our listeners. No, I think we touched on a lot of really good stuff. You know, I'm always happy to connect on LinkedIn and talk about any of this stuff as well. Um, I'm by no means an expert, but uh, I, I do think I never worked for the man. I never worked for corporate America. So in some regards, I probably wasn't stained by some of these societal standards that have been there. So to me, a lot of this is common sense. But, uh, you know, I also know I make mistakes. And, you know, that's why I want that team, the team to tell me that. And maybe a good saying I'll leave you with is, you know, I encourage our team to be the TSA. See something, say something. We all have to be owning our destiny with the culture and our core values and, and, and how we work and function as a team. So if, we, if there's a problem, we've got to say something. We've got to be curious and, and go to the danger and squash it out as quick as possible. Great. So Mark, if they want to find your company, can you say where can they find yeah. it? So spinutech.com, S-P-I-N-U-T-E-C-H.com. And then also on LinkedIn and my name, Mark Reifenrath on LinkedIn. Happy to connect, happy to share thoughts. I typically talk about culture, core values, leadership, and digital marketing stuff. Mark, thank you very much. It was really an inspiring conversation for me. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. You're invited to subscribe to our podcast in order to know when we upload a new episode and follow us on social media. Thank you for listening. Until next time, take care and bye-bye.